Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, Mrs. Classically Black Podcast. Oh, that's he probably sounded excruciating. <laughs> um <laughs> for them. No windscreen too. Right. <laughs> she said, fuck y'all. <laughs> Uh, where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. What trap beats playing in the background? Hey, <laughs> hey clickety clack podcast. Well, you got it's some new, new name. clackers. Do ASMR. I always wanted like I'm never a nail girly, but I like I want to be able to do that. Yep. I'm surprised you didn't get like the little like the girlies he put in all type of like 3D. It's already 3D, but you know what I mean? Like coming up off of it, like mm-hmm. you get puffy paint. Is that what it look? Is that what it is? Oh, no, that's um the that's actually what they used to put on the rhinestones. Like I have a stone in each thing. They use mm. that. It's like a thick adhesive, and they use that to draw something, and then oh. they paint over it, which is what makes it look 3D. Oh, I thought it was like some. Puffy. Yeah. But anyway, unfortunately, fortunately for you, unfortunately for us, we don't have time to Bowie. I was gonna say, and I got my new laptop, and so now we gotta worry about it not chart like not having enough battery. But I was like, people probably that was probably some people saving grace. <laughs> right. So okay, seven hour episodes. <laughs> but at this point, I'm over that too. So but that's uh-huh. never stopped us in the past. Right. So. So, without further ado, on to the news. Um, okay, so it was just announced the other day that the Metropolitan Opera Guild is going to be shutting down. Um, after several years, it was uh, founded in 1935, and um, to support the Metropolitan Opera and its the result of it uh, shutting down will be laying off 20 employees um, as well as stopping um, the publishing of opera news, which was, um, or as a standalone monthly magazine, which it was. And so um, basically a background on that is that the Metropolitan Opera Guild is a nonprofit that, um, that supports the opera house and publishes the magazine opera news Um and yeah, the organization just said that it didn't have no more money. Basically, he's in financial Same. troubles. I was about mm-hmm. to say, um, Delaney Harris is also shutting down <laughs> due to financial <laughs> troubles. Um, so yeah, it was founded in 1935 to help the Met survive a funding shortfall that was caused by the Great Depression. Um, dang, we about to be in another situation so. great great well they had people waiting in line for bread so hopefully ain't all that which is crazy because how much bread costs so but also now i feel like they would just leave us for dead because you saw they giving the maui people 700 dollars. <laughs> i was like is that a typo i'm like y'all are going to hell like 700 dollars is crazy for people who lost their entire everything you lost every first of all 700 dollars can't do anything like nothing you can't First of all, seven hundred dollars. If you had a family of four, it's probably like a week and a half of groceries, maybe two. Like, and where are you gonna eat the groceries? Because that's not gonna put you. I mean, some hotels I think are taking people in, but like, for how long? 
you know, because I heard people already trying to buy up land in Maui, which is crazy. Um, but that's not even gonna give you that that's not even a week in a hotel. So it, well, I don't understand what they're supposed to do with that. Like that's I don't was I talking to you about like the I I don't understand the idea of losing everything. Let me knock on wood. But like the idea of losing <laughs> everything, like knock on wood. Like, the dog would be like, Oh, let's check it out a bit. Let's ask the plot. <laughs> what he loves doing um but i just like every you lost everything like like every like look around look around you none of that not that panty not the sock nothing that's crazy okay they probably have (laughs) (laughs) you run around the streets naked (laughs) you just have what's on your back Uh, okay so no extra <laughs> okay that that would have been an imperative word but you know like god that's what people go through in this life is unimaginable yeah um, you got seven hundred dollars from biden and kamala harris with her shirt you saw her shirt not to the beyonce okay you you in this shirt <laughs> this made me mad what were we doing about the price of stuff everything is expensive kamala it just pisses me off every time i think about it and I mean, who knows how much the suit that he was talking to them and when he was talking about some $700, it's probably thousands of dollars. Thousands. So, like. Every day I'd be like, Joe, <laughs> like, what's the plan? Yeah, if I think about him too long. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, um, but yeah, it was um, formed in response to the Great Depression and it's also supported the Mets uh, education programs, um, which allow like young school children to come to rehearsals um, for the Met and promoting an interest in opera overall through um, things that it produces, including the magazine. So um, it would continue. It is going to continue uh, publishing opera news in a different format under new editorial direction. Um but it's going to be in a section of Opera Magazine, which is a British publication. Um, but it will be a section that focuses on opera in the United States. Um, that will continue. Also, some of the branding, like the logo of Opera News will stay um, and will be sent to uh, guild members and people who are already subscribed to Opera News um, in the United States. So, um. It's also going to be reclassified as um, a supporting organization underneath the Met rather than being a separate or independent nonprofit organization that supports them. Um, And so, I mean, it's also the sucks for the people that are getting laid off, um, but they are providing the severance to the 20 employees um and are hoping and apparently according to this expecting um the met to hire some of them um and the board members of the metropolitan opera guild are being offered positions on the met's board um yeah i will link that in the description so that y'all can read more um about that i didn't really know that they were two separate things mm-hmm. um but i mean why don't we over there so how would i 
Um, and then next, the trailer for the new Leonard Bernstein biopic came out. Did you see it? Nope. Was it on Twitter? Oh. Mm-hmm. That's where I saw it. Mm. Um, I had, yeah. I had to work today. So, oh. No, fortunately, let me stop playing. Because... <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me stop playing. I'm Power joking. I'm the joking. It's I like... just like doing nothing. Let wait. Let me say <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff you say be a double edged sword because it's like I don't want to do nothing. I mean, I don't want a job. I don't want a job. And God gonna be like, you know what? And right, that's exactly fact, what you won't have. <laughs> God knows my heart, and He knows that. Like, do not play with me. Like, I am begging you, please be serious. I was about to say because I will be seeing you sooner than we both planned. If you can... <laughs> like, play so with me if you want to. Is. It'll be curtains. <laughs> So he went up there laughing like, hello. You know how when somebody like, I was like texting my mom. She got reverses on. And I said, hello, three question marks. That's how I'd be like. What's, okay, what's... now she wanted to We're reversed because I have mine on. And my mom, but my mom just says Delaney. That's it. And so, well, she, sometimes she does say hello, but other times it's just my name. This was, okay. I, I took all the context out of that because like it was like her break was about to be over and i was like i need hello don't read it don't not now like type oh. um but yeah be, let me stop i don't want it i've already the world you know he knows my heart that's all i got left because i've already i've already messed it up <laughs> um well yes yeah, i saw it this morning at first i was like this was kind of boring but then by the end of it i was like yeah um and i didn't realize it's very much framed i think maybe i read this a while ago but this has been in the it was announced so long ago the last time i like read about it was when it was first announced and that was like probably two years ago at this point had to be that long yeah and um but it's focused around him and his wife like i don't it's not like just oh this is his life it's like they're them um, the parties and stuff right i want to know about that well it's gonna be racy like it's gonna be like what was y'all doing behind the scenes well um it caused some controversy the um trailer which is so funny because i think this is akin to like i do believe that like you know what people do like clickbait headlines and it's something crazy and it's like y'all didn't mention this in the headline or like they use passive voice they'd be like oh someone passed away in a police involved shooting when it's like the police literally like ran up and just shot them i guess <laughs> stuff like that like but i have noticed that a lot of people have gotten to the point where they'll see a, a headline and be like they failed to mention this this that and i'm like it's in the article in the headline like, they can't put everything in the headline and I, people have started doing that with movie trailers because there's been there's two parts of controversy that have come up um in relation to this trailer one of them i have no opinion on it's not my business some people think that the prosthetic that they use for Leonard, for bradley cooper's nose to depict Leonard bernstein is apparently i had no idea this was a thing but jew face which is like you know they think it's too oh. exaggerated for what leonard bernstein actually looked like mm. I, hey that's for y'all to, like when people say stuff in front like is infringed on their culture like yeah. i believe y'all like 
Yeah. I have no experience with that. Fine. His his children came to Bradley Cooper's defense, which I don't know how that I don't even know if Bradley Cooper would be the person to blame for that. You know, it's like he didn't make the prosthetic. Right, like how people talking about Sandra Bullock, they want her Oscar taken away for the blind side. I saw that I was like, (laughs) stink. Go back then. Go back to work and move that mouse around. Like and get off the internet. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) come on. Um, but so they they've been putting some side by side pictures up. Um, so people have been mad at that his children have said that they feel like it's baseless they feel they said they're fine with it they said that they feel that they are sure that their dad would have uh been been fine with it and they said quote it breaks our hearts to see any misrepresentations or misunderstandings of his efforts referring to bradley cooper um it says it happens to be true that leonard bernstein had a nice big nose bradley chose to use makeup uh, to amplify his resemblance and we're perfectly fine with that we're also certain that our dad would have been fine with that as well any strident complaints around this issue strike us as above all strike us above all as disingenuous attempts to bring a successful person down a notch um that's what they think about it okay um maybe i'll, I'll link the article the article has pictures of what bradley cooper looks like as well as a link to the trailer um so that you can see and then it's a side by side of him and leonard bernstein the other bit of controversy is that leonard bernstein i think it's like i i don't know like i don't know the details behind it but pretty widely i would say known within the community that he was likely at least bisexual probably gay mm-hmm. and um some people was like i just feel like they try to erase i'm like the the teaser is like a minute long <laughs> if they put y'all get mad when they put the whole plot of the movie in the trailer and be like ain't nothing to see y'all be mad when i leave it out what what I'm just like, like, come on and they actually had a clip in the trailer of him kissing a man and the wife seeing it but then okay this is so it's so funny when people they say i don't think you need to think everything you put on twitter through and which is great because nobody does but like when people are wrong and then they try to like turn it around and make it seem like you you wrong and like and no i actually did think it's like you didn't you you came through all of this after the fact like that one thing you said (laughs) there was a funny thing you said which ended up having a logical explanation but that's not how you meant it when you said it um (laughs) yes and you know exactly what i'm talking about um i'll be funny sometimes and that's one of my favorite bits because i really try to gaslight you with that but honestly i told my mom that the other day what she (laughs) say she was laughing but But, the way i kind of turned it around no it's giving evil genius like (laughs) (laughs) that's my best work okay (laughs) so this one person was like they chose like because apparently his wife was supportive of him um in his endeavors outside of their marriage um exploring his sexuality and stuff like that and it showed like a lot of their friendship in this trailer but in the scene where he kissed the man it kind of saw her like coming around the corner and like seeing them like by surprise and then like kind of walking away and i guess it looked like he was trying to explain and then she kind of like walked away and then so somebody was like it's a teaser the person was like oh well you're trying to act like people they didn't frame it that way and did i'm like okay in the grand scheme of their entire relationship that scene could have been depicting the first time she found out 
and then she came around to being support like we <laughs> just watch the movie stink or just, don't like the movie is going <laughs> to come out and you will see and i guarantee you it will be longer than a minute long so <laughs> there will be room <laughs> for other things to happen you know what i realized we were talking i can't say too much but when we, were, we were talking about like how people always like surprise me because like where did you get that take from like and i understand the world needs minds like that but not this i mean this like derogatory like where did you out of all the facts you came to that conclusion interesting okay (laughs) i don't know what to tell y'all like also it's hollywood like you if you wanted an accurate depiction you should have the the new york phil they, should, they have first of all they have ridiculous amounts of archives and whatever like they really have the, they have they have their very first program from ever crazy you know like you should have they could have applied to the national endowment of the arts and hired a documentary thing and they could that could have been an accurate depiction of his life they no they went down to sony or whoever's doing it like netflix yeah, yeah. and i'm sure there probably is a leonard bernstein documentary is there not I, there gotta be sure there seven is. like come on yeah. it's, it's like come on you know maybe not i'm wondering if there's like a i mean that's i was about to say that's that's an oxymoron i was about to say a big budget one but documentaries are not big budget anyway but like i mean like but you know but there are levels to documentaries so mm-hmm. i'm wondering like what is like the leonard bernstein documentary we'll see um but this is coming out on december 20th so what a nice little christmas time situation you can see that yeah, and we will wait until we see the entire movie to do so. Nope, I will be live tweeting from <laughs> the movie theater, and I will only be watching the opening scene. So, so I actually think some of it is going to be shown in theaters, which would be cool. Oh, you just said Netflix. You just said it Netflix, is, but no, bad. but I think I think was it this movie? It had to have been because I don't really keep up with movies like this. So I think some of it it might be like for a couple days or something like that. But I could be making that up, but I'm pretty sure. Um but yeah hey, I, I wonder if we can we gotta talk about that offline because hopefully everything will be resolved by then yeah. oh but hopefully right. december is crazy like y'all gotta like at this point <laughs> we're just gonna have to Dang, do, do reviews count because that's not really promotion i mean it it, it is but promo- it is but it's but i'm you know we trying to mm, that's actually okay. hilarious the topic of this episode but uh, oh wait Okay, we'll, t- we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. Because but we have something coming up. But I don't think that counts. Whatever. We don't have time for me to think. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll be watching it regardless. So. I mean, I'm going to watch it. You know, it's also hilarious. In our episode planning for this month, we did not include that movie that we both didn't want to rewatch. I think that's funny. No, we did. We did? Oh. I thought that was next week. That's what oh. I was talking about. <laughs> But that's oh, what I was saying. That was, I think it's fine because it's before. It was way before you. Yeah. I think it was like yeah. you went to that thing in like April. Yeah, it was good. Um, all right. You said something because I would have been there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm around. I might just have to read the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if I gotta do it, you gotta do it. What you mean? No, you don't we, have to. you. You can also read the synopsis. We gotta. We gotta make sure. Make sure what? I'll read a very detailed one. I already saw it. Me too. We gonna see it again. Well, you can do what you'd like. <laughs> You're so annoying. We have nah. We can watch it together. I'll I will check and see how long it is. 
<laughs> if it's more than an hour, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on. Um, yeah, let's do the intermission. I love how we got to do the break thing, but I'm it's fine. It's after the intermission, right? It is. Yeah. Okay, so I saw this little trend on TikTok, of course. That's where I go to let my brain slosh around in my head. And it was like, what's your, um, what's like one pick me, like belief that you have, like, or take that you have that like, whatever. And it was like, um, the girl that stitched it was like, I actually do like sports. Like, it's not, it's like, I will embarrass any man. I know a lot about sports and like, she hates like watching like the first game with a man because they'll be like, what you know about this? Like, what is the what does the point guard do? And what is, and what's the name they of that love player? Quizzing you, yeah. When you right when you and she be like, stink, please stop. Like, I will embarrass you. Like, <laughs> and she's like, I actually, and you know, because like for people who have highbrow conversations constantly, which interesting, you listen to this show. Um, <laughs> a pick me will be like, oh my god, sports ball. Like, I love it. Like, just watching something just to get chose by a man or to keep a man yeah, um, or they'll say they'll agree with um like opinions like um, opinions that align with like certain type of man in order to be picked like in order to be so different from yeah. all the other girls like you just did he pick you yet you know right, I, was to, I was about to say like i love when they be on twitter they be like girl did they did he did he see it like <laughs> <laughs> he text you yet it's like <laughs> For a man, because like, what's that? Um, you you know that meme where I you know I gotta save it in my phone. That's um the the thing. I swiped that up, so I've never seen. That oh, movie. not that. <laughs> no, I just reminded me of because you said I have to look for a meme, and I was like, that tickled me. That is, so it'll be like a man being like mad, like misogynistic. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the the thing says. Okay, corny, t- corny Twitter nigga, and then the colon and it says, if she got a period tracker app, she fucking too many niggas. That's like something you would say, and then it says corny hoe. Oh, MFG, La Frederick, stop! <laughs> like that's what they will be like. A man will say something like degrading, uh, like women as a whole, and then the pick me will come along and be like, oh my god, you so funny. Oh my god, I was just saying that, like y'all be hoes. Like oh like, my god, I never had one of those on my phone. Oh my right, god. like like that's I a mean, pick. I used to have a friend that did, not tell a girl stop. Like for a man, wow. Like, Girl, meanwhile, they're a dime a dozen. Like you, like, you can like, find one. Are, you can right many. <laughs> like the uh, these strikes got me watching Love Love Island, and like that's not fair because like now I'm like addicted. To, like I was like, this is really because okay. To be fair, my first pass of Love Island, I was like, so y'all just naked at a, at a villa. Like I don't get it, but this I'm infested, and like literally two of the, like one of the two of the girls I'm. It's episode eight. I'm already so annoyed with because like, girl, like, aren't you embarrassed? Like, you're not embarrassed. Like, like, oh, you hate going out. I'm oh, gonna hate going out. No, you don't stink. You were <laughs> woo in Nashville. You know what I'm saying? Like, please stop. But anyway, I asked Delaney, uh, what is her classical music like pick me tendency or belief that like, like whatever. So what's yours? 
Um, my nose turned up when you said that because I was like, Ugh, pick me tendency, like, bleh, like, ew. Um, I would say one, I mean, one that I have, I guess we we already recently went in depth, so I picked another one, but that one is like rehearsal etiquette. Like, oh, I'm girl. not on no, y'all, I will be on y'all nerves, like, teacher's pet, conductor's pet, like, everybody, like. Not like, oh my God, everything the conductor said, oh my God, they're so amazing. Like some people be kiss ups, but I just mean like, I'm trying to do everything the right way. I'm not no like, don't, do not talk to me. Do not be on your phone. Like I'm that type of person in rehearsal, like we're in rehearsal. Um, So there's that, but also, I mean, I guess you could say, I'm gonna pick me when it comes <laughs> to um punctuality in rehearsal. Like Katie knows, I, I would come. I went to my lessons twenty minutes early. See, the lesson is crazy. <laughs> I can't even hold you. But you have a base, so I might even like. I that's different. So I'll leave you alone. I would go to my lessons twenty minutes early and and warm up outside, because I would warm up in my practice room and then I would pack up and then I would go there and then warm up. Because also I don't want to like all that. I don't want that to eat into my lesson time. Now I'm unpacking. I'm blah, 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 like that, but also like, lesson. okay, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so like. I was working with this new technique where I zip it this way. Okay. <laughs> and then like, yeah, I want to know what you think about that. Huh, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that on also, I mean, yeah, in general, it goes in, it goes with coming early to like rehearsals, but I also pre-tune. I don't know if that's a pick me tendency, but I do before the A. Oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I just <laughs> also because I was also like for lessons, depending on where you are. I mean, I do because I'm warming up outside anyway. So I mean, I do for that reason. But um, when you're, especially depending on where it is, like basic stuff, a lot can happen in transit. So yeah. just in case my D string is F. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um mine is that I actually do practice four hours a day now currently that has not been consistent because it's time to get out of my business but um <clears throat> I actually do do that and every time like it, it when it comes up like I don't be like oh my god girl you know I practice four my hands are so tired like it doesn't I'm not I'm, I don't have nothing to prove but <clears throat> one of your around musicians like you'll just whatever and I'm thinking about changing it because literally like this summer's little like when I said like oh yeah all the girls were like Whoop. like they're like girl what you be doing and I'm like Wait, really but you know I'll be friends with the wind girlies who swear they only need oh, right. minutes. but I, I know it's different for them like um there's this one I'm gonna try to revamp my tr- practice method but uh I'm gonna try it we're gonna see he's a trumpeter he did just win president's own so but like it just sounds like so much i'd rather just spread it out over four hours like but i mean they have to be efficient where i think stream players in general we can be a little bit more i feel like we have the higher practice times anyway yeah because just we can so yeah i mean some, sometimes it goes too far like the girls begin to the 90s but yeah um yeah i feel like, like i was about to say the um I, yeah, I mean, also your friends are people that have personalities. So I was about to say, if you got around <laughs> some like real like you know them type classical music people, they be like, oh, you know, I practice seven hours a day, and 
and I purchase, you know, like people yeah. like it'd be a piss don't have bills also. So and I, I literally be like, because one thing about Tyler, he wants to workshop. He want to workshop me so bad, which I love him for it. Because he'll be like, girl, what should be doing? I'm like, well, you know, I got the little skill to take me out. He's like, why? And I'm like, all right, because I got... What you mean, why? I'm it's... like, Tyler, you play one at a time. You could do third, six, octaves, like, mm-hmm. not to be rude, but like the flute, that's last time I check, one at a time. Um, <laughs> so that take time. And then, you know, I got to do my little etude. I got to do my little... I got to do my little bar talk. I got to do a little Bach. We two and a half hours in. I ain't touched the excerpt yet. And I want to revamp that because um, I am hoping to be more busy. You hear that, God? I spun the block. I'm hoping to be more busy, so I need to have a more efficient practice schedule. So, <clears throat> yeah. Let us know yours. Period. Oh, we'll move it on. Hey, y'all. Do you want to join the most exclusive classical music club in the game? The Ebony Tower has all the antics and tomfoolery of a regular classically black episode, but exclusive. We got video, we got polls, we got classically black after dark. That's coming soon, y'all. We got Patron, we got feet, we got titties. Okay, we don't got none of that, but you can join us on Patreon, aka the Ebony Tower, at patreon.com slash classicallyblackpodcast for intermission polls, video episodes, live streams, and more exclusive content. We have multiple affordable tiers, or you can pledge an amount if you're choosing. So, if you want all of that, you can join us at patreon.com slash classicallyblackpodcast. All right, y'all. So we are back and we are here with Jen Arnold. What? <laughs> you kind of famous low key because you be getting little shout outs, mainly for dragging me, but that's okay. That is, I never, I have never dragged you, ever. You ha- okay, you've never dragged me. Let me think. I dragged you. You never dragged me. Too hard. You said what? You said what? Don't think too hard. Don't think okay, too hard. Okay, it once, happened. okay, one time you was like, I asked you, like, was it close? She's like, not even close. <laughs> Not even close. And I, I thought it was funny though, because you're always like, you're always like, it's like you're always so nice to me. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, what about you? Like, not even close. Not even. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I said it with love. It was with love. Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. We move. <laughs> Mr. Taylor has said oh, oh, way worse. Um. <laughs> anyway, for people who are like, who's Jen Arnold? You want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Who am I? No. Uh, I'm a violist. Uh, huge fan of this podcast, by the way. Um, always makes me laugh and think, I should say. Um, I work in arts administration in a lot of different places. Um, I don't know. Citizen of the world. Lover of K-drama and C-drama. <laughs> and, yeah. Arts advocate. I mean, I would say for orchestras. Orchestras are my love. I be feeling bad because every time I talk to you, I'm like, I, f- I told I was gonna watch that show. It's just that Jen. It's just like, I love romance, and it gotta be like a little, like a little steamy. And they, the way they just be like, I watched one thing, like a spinoff of "To All the Boys I Never Loved" or whatever, and like, you watched the what- XO Kitty? I didn't even finish it, Jen. So I you was watched like, XO Kitty. Yeah. Well, that's just yeah. Mm, that thing I got was- dragged. <laughs> Did it our, see? our friends in, our friends in South Korea did not like that one. 
I'm like, I want to go see what they said on Twitter. Cause like, that's the thing. Like I, I was like, it reminded me of like, oh yeah, I forgot that Jen told me this thing. But then I watched it. I was like, that's not a K-drama. Yeah. I was about to say oh. that's not a K-drama though. It was in Korea. That's not. <laughs> it was in English. I said it was, in, it was in Korea. Oh yeah. It was at an international school in Korea, <laughs> which is why it got dragged. They were like, why are they speaking English in this show? When it's supposed to be in Korea. Uh, but then, you know, it made it easy for me. I had to read nothing. So. Mm. Yeah. I can't I can't believe we're talking about the show right now. <laughs> I might actually drag this. This is not <laughs> good. <laughs> That's uh, the K-drama, Katie. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Because I might, I might surprise this. Especially since for the topic my we're talking about today. That was my gateway. Ain't nothing new on, so... <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were supposed to say something, Delaney? Don't make Mm-mm. me laugh. We're not supposed to be laughing about the strike. Right, right. Okay. There ain't so... no new one. <laughs> so everybody's out of work. Haha. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I was in my research. You can still there's still there's still limited things you could do. Like you could work on a commercial. So if you see, you know, you can still do um independent films, and you could do theater. That's mm-hmm. That's it. Um, but today we're talking about the SAG after strike. And I know what you're thinking. That has nothing to do with classical music, but that hasn't stopped us before. But when I was reading um, about it, when it first broke a couple weeks ago, probably a month at this point, I don't know. Um, June, July, I should know. July 12th, it. I think is when they went on strike. So about, about a month ago, I was like, some of the implications that they, they had, and they were talking about and some of the demands i was like oh i wonder what this will look like if we like put it side by side with classical music and jen be knowing stuff and instead of us farting around <laughs> like just guessing like we did for uh most things i thought we could have um <laughs> <laughs> somebody come on who's an expert um in orchestra stuff and um talk about it so real quick before we get into that i'm just going to give the uh background of what sag after is asking for and then we'll work out from there so um if you don't know what sag after is anyway it is the screen actors guilds and they are striking at the same people that the wga is striking the amptp which is basically like all of the girls okay it's the it's netflix amazon whatever whoever makes stuff it's it's them they've been on strike for a month delaney is right that they july 12th yep july 12th so just over a month and what happens is what let what led up to it is the fact that the contract expired they went to renegotiate they're like you guys don't deserve rights or money and then (laughs) fran dresher was like no you need us and now there's a strike. So, which up until this point, it's the same thing that would happen in orchestra strike, except there's no Fran Drescher. And it's, it's sound not random. She's the president of SAG after, by the way. Because <laughs> people are probably like, how'd she get into it? <laughs> okay, I ain't even gonna hold you. I was like, Frank? Because you know, I'll be watching the nanny. Mm. I just put the nanny on just to, to have background noise. So I was like, not my queen leading the girls. Like, okay, Frank. Um, so uh that's basically everything is that's basically they were just trying to come to agreements now the thing that sucks about the wga and sag um no other way around 
the AM, let me stop the AMP, whatever, the Sony AMP, people. TP. Yeah, the AMP, TP. The thing that sucks about them is they don't care. They're like, what is way for you to lose your houses and your cars and your this and your that? And I was just like, how evil do you have to be um, to do that? Because I feel like it would be different. Orchestra could talk about that, but I feel like it would be different because like everyone's hurting and it's like they, because it's like they had to put a season on, like Orchestra had to put a season on, where it's like they're like, we could just keep doing what we're doing and keep making our money until you fold. And the thing that sucks about that and what we've seen is that. The people like your Quinta Brunsons, your Issa Rays, your Johnny Depp, whatever, they're not suffering. It's the ones who, like, uh, Francesca Ramsey made a good point about, like, how when you're watching, um, when you're watching Selena Gomez on, on the screen and she walks to a bar, the person who hands her a bar, hands her a drink at the bar, is an actor, the people in the background are actors, those are the people who are suffering who will suffer the most from this so like to say like oh we're just gonna wait for you to lose your house is like the people who don't have houses to lose the people who are trying to pay their kids tuition like that um freaking sucks so i want to get into some of the things that they're asking for and then we we can pull over and talk about some of these things as well so one of the first things is like the residual issue where before streaming if you acted on a show you wanted to play it on tbs at 8 9 10 11 12 you wanted to do that because that's how you really made your money and um so that's that's the the first thing they're asking for because of streaming like you really just don't know like everybody's like streaming your stuff they're not being transparent about how much they're making off of that and you that's how we're seeing the the residual checks being like three cents 89 cents if you ever send me a check for 89 cents i will i will find you like do not like what um the thing other second thing is more pay just in general and i just want to pull over here like the the wage discrepancy i feel like will make most orchestral musicians fall to their knees because we already know like the principal like the highest paid person in the orchestra is like the principal oboe or whatever or like the concertmaster concertmaster yeah and it's like okay we already we already know that girl is making like or what is making like three hundred dollars to my one hundred dollars per service or whatever but if I I don't know what I would do if you were making a hundred thousand dollars per episode, I'm making seventy five hundred. I'm not like like that is like I just don't think that would it's just set up differently because that's like so much room. Like I don't even know how you could even justify that if you were a season regular, for example, you will make that kind of money. Like Quinta, for example, will make somewhere around that versus like the kids in the background are making seventy five hundred like per episode or not even just that. It could be like um, I'm talking about Abbott Elementary. It could be um jacob's boyfriend the one who was famous for saying um when ava was like black oh it's actually zach like he will make seventy five hundred dollars versus like quinta who's making a hundred thousand dollars every episode it's like a huge wage gap i feel like that would never work in orchestra ever ever the girls were right and then it depends on if you're making a like someone who is like a veteran actor like if you look up how much like for example Mar- mariska hargate makes per episode of law and order svu it's like <laughs> crazy you know but also i just want to clarify i mean yeah first sag after like everyone who it covers because sag and after are two unions that merged yeah and after is um american federation of television and radio artists sag after covers like dancers there are singers that are sag they're Mm -hmm. like you know things like that so like 
when you hear people, I forget, they're called like specialized something. I forget when like there's someone who's an actor, but like say you have a flash mob and the people start dancing. Like if they have like actual dancers, like they're a different like type of employee, but it's like, yeah, it's like not just actors. It's also other types of artists that are yeah. like affected by this. It's crazy. I think they said something like 80% of sag after members can't qualify don't qualify for health insurance and you need to make twenty six thousand dollars a year to qualify for health insurance and 80 percent of them don't make that so that's insane it's bad right real bad i was like let me go take let me go unpack tune up you know what i'm saying because oh yeah can i just add something though sag after also includes musicians Mm-hmm. I just got a check that might have actually been not much more than, not gonna lie, Katie, 32 cents or something, 82 cents uh, from Saga. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> you will keep it just like the rest of us do. <laughs> um, and fight for more, just like unions do, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know why I got it because I, I must have played something that was unionized and I got residuals this year from SAG-AFTRA. Actually, I've gotten for the last three years. I still haven't looked up what I I did to get it. It was probably something on television. So it could have been maybe the Juneteenth uh, special we did a couple years ago or something else. I just don't know. But um, musicians are included in that as well. So anything televised. And you made a good yeah. point about like how there's a lot of like discussions about scabbing because in this day and age people are going to start which means like you cross the picket line you take work that from us from a struck company and mm-hmm. because of this new age influencers are at risk for scabbing i mean some of them are going to do it anyway but because of this mm-hmm. new idea of an influencer where like okay the actors don't do the influencers would do it it's like sag doesn't only protect sag it protects like everyone like this girl was talking mm-hmm. about how like She's not SAG, but she was like a background person in a thing. They She went to a shoot. She was there for two hours. They did not use her. She's got paid a full day's work. So mm-hmm. it's like it helps everyone to not scab. Like Jen got her got her little 50 cent check. I, you know, I did. Like, shout out to SAG. Shout um, out to SAG. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. unexpectedly like that one. I was like, what did yeah. I get this for? I still don't know. Yeah. No, I mean. Yes, I would say that orchestras, often there are not scabs. We actually have a very strong Orchestra United union where people just won't. Actually, I don't think management's really dare to hire other orchestras because people won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they know it'll affect other work. I also think it's just orchestra, the belief is is pretty strong in the, in the collective bargaining agreement. So um, we have kind of different issues, I would say, about that. However, um, residuals is something that orchestra members get all, you know, all the time. If your orchestra records, you know, um, and most, I would say most budget orchestras over, I would say maybe 10 million, um, they record. And so you'll get something um, in mm-hmm. residuals and that's, you know, due to the union. I mean, yes, we know the classical recording industry is not as uh, <laughs> people aren't buying the recordings as much as they are buying other things, but music in- industry in general is the way it is and if it I mean if we want to make any money off of it and um be able to live and eat we have to fight for these things so mm-hmm. together we yeah. mentioned, you mentioned scab I want to pull over for a second there was an orchestra I think it was Indianapolis mm-hmm. Symphony around the time that mm-hmm. I was an undergrad so maybe like between between like 2012 and 2014 something happened there I think it was a strike 
I remember like my our conductor saying like any musicians that take that audition or maybe it was Louisville it was either Indianapolis Symphony or Louisville around that same time that 2012 2014 any mm-hmm. any musicians that take those auditions like they're going to be like basically blacklisted I'm so, I'm paraphrasing but blacklisted in the industry yeah. because they're taking jobs and I don't remember whatever happened but ever became of that and never followed up because at the time I didn't know anything about what he was talking about so I was just like oh okay, right I'm not taking orchestra auditions but um is that the same type of thing and do you, do you remember anything about that and like yeah I mean to be honest ooh, I can't even say I don't remember those two strikes I have to say that the ones I remember the most are Minnesota orchestra had a really brutal strike where they are out for a year a year unpaid a year actually it's a lockout excuse me I should change my terminology because um, they I were locked said, out I said the same thing a couple years yeah. ago and they someone wrote in yeah. was like it was a lockout it was a dark it was a lockout. Like, girl like I'm sorry, sorry. like <laughs> yeah they were locked out Ex- excuse me they they yeah if they had been given a fair contract they would have worked so um but um yeah so they were out for a year which can you imagine no, no salary for a, a year. year for a year no health care for a year like um yeah and so just to go back to what you were saying this is exactly how it how it's the same right they're the um it's been a month now probably six weeks they've been out um actors and writers you know and without health care without us without checks coming in and that's the same thing that orchestras go through musicians mm-hmm. go through um without having honestly probably a, a safety net like having the luxury of having a safety net as some as residuals allow you to have mm-hmm. um if you put them away in a smart place you know granted i don't want to get into that because uh, it's california and people live different or it's not just california but people live different ways but um often san antonio is a great example as well um which we now know that orchestra has come back as the san antonio philharmonic i believe but was was the san antonio symphony they were on strike and dissolved they were on strike for what seven months and then the board dissolved maybe nine months um and that's the same without pay and that was a salary that was i mean i should have looked it up but i can't even imagine that it was even much more than thirty-five thousand dollars a year musicians base pay so if you can imagine that <laughs> you know and then you don't have even that to live off that's of so in texas it's so stressful and that's i think that's imagine, why it's also dehumanizing like- yeah you know you train so we've trained so much we practice we've given our lives to this art um and our time and you name it um and then to not even be able to feed your family or have health care or yeah pay your rent you know mm-hmm. it's, it's just awful yeah so i would imagine that like you make a 35k like you're you're filling that out with things you're because like it's even though it's 35k it's still six six service six seven services a week like mm-hmm. you don't have much time for anything else so it's like i couldn't imagine like, yeah, you have to build your you have to build your teaching schedule around that or you know yeah. um, other things whatever people do uh, mostly I, I think teaching mm-hmm. but there's you know other things people do or a lot of other gigs you know mm-hmm. so um it's very difficult mm-hmm. because so, that's yeah they put demands no, on your time yeah yeah so we kind of like touched a little bit on this but can you just explain like 
what the function of the AFM, the American Federation for Musicians, um, <clears throat> is like what they do for orchestral musicians and musicians at all at large. Yeah. Um. So. I'm a member of the union. I have to say that I'm a member of local 99 in Portland. I've been a member of the union since I was probably 15, maybe 16 years old. Um, because my grandfather was a member of the Negro union. If we remember, there was a separate union. Um, mm-hmm. The history of that is very interesting. And maybe one day we'll talk about that. But um, so, but he was always a proud union member because he knew the benefits of collective bargaining. He knew um, that musicians always should get paid. Um, and he taught me that at a very young age, he actually bought my first union uh, membership at 15. So, uh, the purpose of the, uh, the union is about 80,000 members, I think right now, and in, including Canada, the U S and Canada. And the purpose is to really, um, bargain for workplace, um, w- uh, rules and wages and, um, provide a, you know, uh, I would say, um, fair wages and yeah, workplace. So that's the, to sum it up quickly, that's what the union provides, I would say. Um, but yeah, they bargain contracts for orchestras, um, also for Broadway, uh, theater, musicians, and uh, film. That's what they're main, mainly known for. I will say that the history of the union is very interesting because they used to have more power. I think in, I think I was reading like in the 60s and the 50s, they had more power with um, solo musicians, solo artists. But then as governments changed, um, as we know, um, it got more conservative and so did some of the laws. So now like songwriters, composers, they have limitations, which is why their unions are not. In fact, I don't even know if, I think there's a songwriters association. I don't know if that's a union bargaining, um, association. So, yeah, there's limitations on that. You have to, even if you're a member of the union, like you have to, the union rules only apply if you have a union gig, right? Yes, that's true. Yes. Which is why we should play more union gigs. Yeah. I will say that some gigs are outlined. You know, they use that draft of kind of the two and a half hour service or the three hour service and the break time. Some, a lot of the kind of understood industry work rules, but, um, yeah, if they're not union, they're not union, you know? I mean, we've seen that in the film industry where um, film used to be primarily recorded in union gigs in LA, um, in San Francisco, and then they started going up to Seattle, non-union, and then they started going abroad, non-union, and wages got lower and lower, you know? So, and no residuals. That's what happens often with non-union gigs. So you're playing this let me give an example. Let's say you're playing on the Barbie film, which made what one billion dollars or something like that. And if it's non-union, you get no residuals from that. Can you imagine? Right. Right. And and what are movies without soundtracks? Right. Plays. You know. So oh. it's it's incredibly important. And I've played recently on two films that had that were union had residuals and. God bless it, you know. I will get that check as long as people watch the films for <laughs> the rest of my life, you know. And Dude. yeah, and if that's not my livelihood, you know, but if it was my livelihood, I mean, it's important, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to 
rely on those that I feel like being an orchestral musician like spoils me because the minute I'm at a, a non union gig, I'd be like, oh my God, they got us out here like working like a dog. Like, where's the break? Why are we starting late? Like, yeah. where's the people overtime? take advantage? Yeah. Like, you people could tell do take advantage. There's yes. a reason why those work rules were bargained in the first place. Right? Yeah. So that, you know, I'm not, do I believe in flexibility? Of course. But people, you know, can abuse things and there's a reason why there's a certain end time and mm-hmm. rehearsal management is important so like, it's not my fault <laughs> no, we can't do it again and the thing i hate about <laughs> doing non-union gigs with people who know know better it's like why don't y'all get like because it, it, i look like an asshole if i just get up but if we get up and we leave but it's like that's why sometimes musicians be so like timid like don't say we walking off stage okay so let's do it i thought we said we i thought you was big chested outside like i thought we walking off stage like the chick. but what do orchestra contracts that are unionized often provide tenure often right for this reason so people have the confidence to get up mm-hmm. and walk off up off the job if you don't have that confidence and that um that security now you're worried about your next paycheck right they're not going to hire me back for this gig these are the things that bargaining has allowed for yeah for probably the same kind of reasons you know things that were that did not go well in um you know whether in rehearsal or you know backstage or whatever are bargained for and now are kind of industry standard um we mentioned earlier like about pay like musicians are typically striking for pay but like what is something that would be in a strike for example like especially like industry standard things so you're not you're not mad that the conductor been going overtime like you're not mad that we be starting late like what are some things that are outside of those like working conditions and um pay that musicians might strike for do you mean outside of like healthcare healthcare is very high on the mm-hmm. list healthcare is i mean when i was in the Oregon symphony that probably more so than pay was extremely important because we saw orchestras slicing healthcare and that's the level and type of healthcare. So it's not just the cost of healthcare, but it's, you know, we had a a tier one plan and then they would want a lesser plan and a lesser plan, things like that, or yeah, offer a lesser plan. Um, I would say as, you know, business people, they're used to different, um, different policies in businesses than in a nonprofit, right? Um, often I, I would be, uh, as other musicians have to remind them that what we do, we're what, you know, people say we're the, um, music, classical musicians, especially string, but no, everybody, I would say we use our small muscles, right. But we're using them. We're athletes, you know, of the small muscle muscles and we need our healthcare. <laughs> we need our benefits, right. Surgeries, people have surgeries, people need massage, acupuncture, you name it. Um, to keep playing and to keep functioning and to keep healthy. And often they don't think of that. What they think of is the dollar. They see that a certain percentage of the budget goes to the healthcare costs. The premiums are going up like crazy, especially after the pandemic. How are we going to fundraise for this? You know, well, the easiest thing to do is to have musicians pay a percentage of that healthcare cost or to cut benefits of well, only the musician is playing in our, granted, this is not a particular orchestra. This is industry-wide. I'm not calling out any orchestra, but like we will see things like, well, why do I have to pay for your family health care when you're the orchestra musician 
playing. So, you know, going to single or couple or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's that mentality and it's up to us to fight for it. Number one, but also to talk to, to, I actually believe in cutting the barrier of, you know, manage it, management versus musician, you know, um, and having, um, these conversations and having, um, yeah, better communication and talking to board members and explain, this is why I, I need this for this, this, this reason, you know, and not so much keeping that distance, that line. But I also came from two organizations that talk to each other, you know, which is super important. So I don't even understand that kind of like, that line of thinking because it's like, so if my daughter get malaria, like, <laughs> like, and I'm going to health insurance, like, malaria, Katie. <laughs> whatever that's the first thing that came to my mind like you know like something that would need medical attention like i'm just supposed to be like oh well let me go play my beethoven like what yeah i think it's you know we're still dealing with this is a job this we deserve fair pay musicians deserve pay fair pay and um i think we still have people who think this is a passion right it is a passion but it's also a job like it's both it can be both you can love to play and want to play and do this this job, but it is a job. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it takes maintenance. Our bodies deserve to be, um, uh, yeah, they deserve to be fit and cared for. So that's one thing I should say. Healthcare is is a big one. Pay, of course, is a big one. Um, I think also uh, people are are. I would say other work rules are just even. Well, we talk about now in the industry what auditions and tenure that how you get these jobs um very big in in the negotiations right now um i think um other things like people don't think about are, are place how musicians the musicians role in the contract some orchestras feel musicians like they would like management and staff to run the organization and they just want to play on stage play concerts some other orchestras need to know a lot of details. They have to have a voice in everything, whether that's artistic planning, marketing, um, what else? Um, board, uh, that's a big thing. Music director search, you know, those are things that are very negotiable. Um, you know, who has a say in what? So it just depends on the history of the organization, the musicians in the orchestra, the tone, the relationship with management. Um, is it adversarial? Or is it much more of a friendly relationship? Um, these things can be built up over decades. You know, it's hard to change work culture in orchestra. It can be done. I've seen it done, um, but it's hard. Um, yeah. Also, I think one thing that people often forget about negotiations is musicians are often there for decades, right? So they have the, the love, the institutional knowledge and all these things and staff members, you know, Sometimes I don't know what the orchestra average is now, but you know, it could be five years or five to 10 years and people are, you can have staffs overturned. So the institutional memory is really can be one-sided or, or with longstanding board members maybe. So, but there's also that added difference. We're going to be so messy for 12 notes. Like it's only 12 notes. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm with you. I often say, why is the job so hard for some people? You know, it shouldn't be so stressful. Like, yeah. Um, but you also think about work conditions and it, sometimes that makes it stressful, you know? 
And, and if you'll always have the people who are always kind of just going to gripe, that's just kind of our nature. You know, it's a perfection based business. You got to always analyze things, right? You know, that's what we do with our playing. That's what we do with our rehearsals. And that's what we do with the work. I get it. But also there are things that don't allow people to come to work open and free and play well. So, and that's, you know, often things unions are fighting for. Yeah. What an actor said, like, you want us to like be in character and do this thing and my rent's not being paid. Like, right. It affects the work that we, that we do. Right. And I didn't even mention, sorry, that made me think about work rules. So the timing of rehearsals and concerts, flexibility in the schedule, a lot of, of course, we're in the entertainment business and we want flexibility of schedule. If I know that XYZ artist is coming on a Thursday and you tell me in the contract, I can't do Thursdays, but that's the routing, right? I have, I want to get this high named artist. Why can't I just add this concert on a Thursday? So there's things like that, that are work rules, but there are reasons why you can't always add things randomly when you want to. And a lot of that has to do with pay, you know, so we don't, an orchestra musician can't just work at any time. They have to have um, the ability to, whether that's make, uh, work other places or that's just, you know, have time to practice, have time to have downtime, um, to relax their bodies and things like that, have time with their family, have vacation time, part of bargaining. Someone actually, I was just teaching at Sphinx Performance Academy, and one of the students just asked about vacation time. As a musician, can you have ever can you ever have vacation time? That's what one of the kids asked. Oh, and I and and what you know a lot of the, a lot <laughs> I know right. They had a lot of questions about rest and vacation. That was very interesting. I was like, okay, sixteen year olds, seventeen year olds, why are you guys already exhausted? <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, one of the questions was that. Uh, uh, oh, well, sorry, the light was on off. <laughs> um, <laughs> vacation time. And I said, um, in an orchestra, you can have vacation time because it's bargained. Yeah. Any other time, forget it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you will work until you die because what's retirement anymore? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you saw yeah. that Washington Post article I sent you, Delaney, where it was like, we are part of the unlucky generation. When I saw the dates, I fell to my knees. I well, they, it cut off before me. I just re- I just realized that it did. I well, I was to gonna send knees. that too, but I was like, I was like, I, she don't need nothing else on her head right now, so I'm didn't, not gonna. <laughs> didn't she found it anyway. So, like, you can't afford nothing. I wonder why it cut off with you. But which I wonder why because I just read something in the New York Times about um how Gen Z cannot af- afford to live anywhere. So that's great. Um, and it was talking about like how you know how they said like thirty percent of your income should go to rent. It had like multiple profiles of people <laughs> who was like eighty five percent of your income goes to rent alone, not living expenses, just rent. So you mm-hmm. still gotta eat, like you, you still gotta. Oh my, your start, your car start making a funny sound. That's you still gotta do that. <laughs> like, and this girl just raised the rent. I'm like, I'm never turning off a light in here. I hope you understand that. Like, if, if you raising the rent, me too. <laughs> like, I will. <laughs> I will not turn a light off in here. I'm running one of those, those sleep masks. <laughs> like this lamp, this lamp back here. Oh, it stay on. Me too. Like, <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. I was like, 
you you and what am I gonna do? Move? <laughs> like, no, like I like living here, but me too. You my rent up, your rent up, period. Mm-mm. <laughs> Not when you when you move, I move. Just like that. Like, period. <laughs> I'm washing vegetables and I gotta rinse the fridge, the water staying on. No, you paying too. Me, me too. <laughs> Talking about raise the rent. And I was like, okay, like what can I do? <laughs> like talking about 30%. Those days are long gone. Yeah, long gone. Long yeah. 30% you long gone. Yeah. When people have jobs and are homeless and sleep in cars. You know, and sleep and live at shelters. It's long gone. Like people just trying to make it. A lot of people are. What's the number of people living paycheck to paycheck in America? It's like high. It's like in the near 60s. everybody. <laughs> I know that was what my thought was. I used to say it. it was like everybody. Uh, I get a check and be like, "What the next one coming?" Like I don't even I don't even hit the account yet. And that's like, why my eighty-five cent. I'm okay with it. I I would like them to improve, but I'm not gonna send it back, Katie. <laughs> not going back. Oh my gosh, what a world. What a country. Say that. What a country. Oh yeah. so one thing that SAG taught us is about the misconceptions about like what it's like to be an actor. And like as a musician, we do misconceptions in general all the time. So I was I was surprised, but like I don't know. I feel like maybe every profession has misconceptions. Like the other day, I was talking to my grandma. I'm like, well, I gotta go. I gotta go practice real quick." And she was like, "What are you practicing for?" I'm like, "My <laughs> job as a violist. I have to practice." She's like, "Oh, girl, what I'm like I- once you know how to do it, you just know how to do it." <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know how like doctors go to like training and stuff. I have to keep practice also like one another job but i have to keep practicing mm-hmm. I, not even one another i want also a, i would say that. attendance my mom goes to training and retrain like every year they gotta go to train every couple months you're doing sometimes it's like you have to physically go to training in another city or then there's like also multiple online trainings and stuff because like a lot of people were saying their their union is also like they're trying to get more money and it was like a thing because you know my mom used to work for continental and then continental and united merged mm-hmm. and then like they she was telling me about they kind of maneuvered their contract because like united employees were making less than continental employees so they got a raise that was enticing to them but not so enticing to continental employees and like so now they're trying to get even more money and they're trying to get close to a hundred dollars an hour and a lot of people were talking about like oh they don't need that and stuff when it's like don't get paid during boarding and also they were like y'all don't really know what our job is because like i was i remember reading my mom's manual and like it was telling you like what to do if somebody goes into labor on a flight how to deliver the baby (laughs) like what and also you don't get paid for none of the time you have to wait until you touch the plane right Right. yeah so the plane leaves that would piss me off so bad like I'm walking through security. I'm like, no, nah, yeah. that would be so mad. That would make me so yeah. prevalent. They're not paid if it's delayed six hours. If you're on the runway for six hours, they don't get paid until it goes off. Which is crazy. Why? Also, and they're stuck on a plane just like us. <laughs> they can't go. And they're not even going nowhere. Like, <laughs> like, no, I didn't. You like, there's so many misconceptions about like fields like and one thing that sad thought us like and I everybody making money now I think it's kind of sad like that you see people on TV it's like you made it to TV like you on TV and you not you making pennies like you're gigging like I mean some of the things like I had to like check myself because they're like we have to do these multiple jobs and I was like 
girl me too i just like i was late to our recording today because i had to move a student around like we doing we all doing multiple things but so i don't know like that's just i don't say i'm not saying it should be part of it i think it should be paid, paid fairly but like that didn't really like strike me as like you're not doing like whatever but the misconception is that just because you're on tv you're not making a lot of money and i thought that um like we could talk about like what are some of the misconceptions you heard about people who talk about strikes um like for example that whatever episode that was when minnesota the girls were so mad at me i was like y'all i only recorded this episode and i went to class after like please leave me alone but um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um what are some misconceptions minnesota about it was on a lockout the misconception lockout. number one <laughs> it's a lockout. Like, it lockout dark Talk time in our community. I can't believe you will make fun of it. I'm like, when did I make fun of you? Number one. Number okay, two, make fun of me. Said? Whatever. It was something like that. Number two, make fun of me about how much money I now owe Eastman. And number three, girl, <laughs> leave me alone. Right. Um, but what's some misconceptions about striking? Like, I like for one for me, I think like I can't believe orchestras even let their musicians go on strike because it's hilarious to me. You don't have like at least the the film people, like they could they we could watch i love lucy for ten thousand more years and so they whatever you have no mm-hmm. you have no orchestra <laughs> like it's, right ain't nobody on stage <laughs> like i always right. thought that, like oh y'all will fold immediately i, I thought you they would it would be the other way around I thought, you, I thought like they wouldn't even play with musicians i feel like you would give musicians whatever they ask for you know because it's like you literally you over here boohooing about not having making money from ticket sales you delaying the ticket sales like but that's a misconception I have because apparently y'all be going a year. So, or y'all fold, y'all close, yeah. dissolve, you know? Well, sometimes that stuff is ideology. That's what I was saying. You have people who come in who really believe in right-sizing the orchestra. That was like a big term, I feel like, between like whew, 2008 and 2000. Right-sizing like or- 15, right-sizing the orchestra. So the orchestra right. that's the right size for this community uh, budget size and that also equals like so you saw orchestras that used to be when I was growing up orchestras were 100 plus members everything was like you know 90 100 plus members in the orchestra you had string sections I'm sure you've heard of this you know the golden age of orchestras where they had string sections you know they had 12 violas and, and like a thousand violins I don't know how many violins you know um and a bunch of cellos so um Muller you know Strauss size orchestra um and then right sizing started to happen so you went down from 100 to 90 80 you know and so that affects your budget by a ton of money right 80 person orchestras things like that so i in fact i think the oregon symphony is 88 um but they used to be more than that probably 96 97 way before i got hired but that's still in the cba language that reminder is still there you know that and and there's every contract there's language that you know points to that um we are the musicians have agreed you know to have less uh uh, less people but this is actually the real size of the orchestra so that stuff Mm -hmm. stays and we're not the only orchestra like that i know um several other orchestras went through I, i should also say um detroit when i was um I think in the 2000 and then maybe the 2010s went through a big um, situation, Atlanta symphony. So you saw a little bit of, of losing numbers of players and things like that. Um, the point where you had to fill it out with subs anyway. 
well is it really that much cheaper to pay a sub like well yes yeah because health we're insurance getting into, and stuff we're oh, getting into health oh. insurance you know oh, and a lot of yeah. orchestras a lot of orchestras especially some of the larger budget orchestras they don't pay sub substitutes the same rates as other players as bass players and things like that so they may pay them half the rate they may pay them you know 20 percent less or whatever like that so yeah you do save um yeah there's many many different things in cbas that that but these are things that the union fights for right That's a lot of unions, for, uh, yeah like professors and stuff like have a lot of places have like a bunch of adjunct professors yeah. but like this mm-hmm. crazy i heard exactly. actually i just heard i think it was like west virginia university or something they just cut um one of their entire like i think their masters and their dma collaborative piano programs like and then some of the stuff they're gonna just get some adjunct professors but yeah that's Mm -hmm. crazy yeah it cuts it cuts the budget and if you're really in the mindset of this is the budget like i was reading about san antonio san antonio was on my mind uh because i think that's really the most recent largest story and they went from an $8 million organization. I think the proposal was a $5 million organization. So they had to cut $3 million out of their budget, right? And that's why the musicians were striking. How do you cut $3 million out of your budget? That's all of <laughs> musicians' facts, pretty much. And the staff. You're probably reducing your staff and as well as reducing your, your orchestra budget, your musician budget. And that's in salaries and um, size of the orchestra, all the things we're talking about. If you all things that also are not healthy. Why? That's a huge amount. That's a, that's a huge amount of money. I yeah. mean, I was going to say pack and it up, but they did. So. They did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. I think that's the thing. It's That becomes a mindset, right? If you're in the mindset that this, this city can only sustain $5 million and the musicians are like, no, it's not true. And you fight about it for months and months and months. I mean, how do you get to the but if you have three million dollars why don't you just do like four concerts a year you could do four big masterworks dissolve is crazy y'all like we're like we're not doing you know what i mean like how much does it cost well, on a concert well because to only do three or four concerts that means you're still cutting the wages of the musician. So oh, they were yeah, yeah, they were in the- Yeah, you're still cutting the budget. And and that's the whole thing. You they would not agree to, rightfully so, to cutting yeah. their wages. I see. Yeah. 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 I see. I see. Because we all know that if you keep cutting, you're they never gonna keep cutting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is that's exactly what, you know, if if um SAG AFTRA and and the Writers Guild like if they do not fight for these residuals, they will never get this back, this money back. You know, if they do not fight about this, the, and I, and I, I hate to even use the word fight, you know, but if they do not stand up for their, their rights and their ability to own their own, you know, intellectual prop, uh, intellectual property, you know, with this AI situation, they will never get it back. So. The AI thing is I weird mean, because like, I feel like I've never thought about likeness when it comes to orchestra, like, mm-hmm. but 
the fact that they could really just like you could do a gig they could take your picture and now you in the background of some random episode like that's weird like and they can reproduce it forever and ever and ever and ever yeah that's what they're they want they can reproduce it y'all are going to that's, hell yeah <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest i mean we're talking about bargaining but you know there are other things that people have talked about that actually just haven't really made it into the mainstream of orchestra bargaining you know we're still in the kind of standard these are the workplace rules we we've always talked about and the wages right and some of these other things and um wages and benefits i should say i say not just wages wages and benefits but like there are things that i know that black people talk about which is image right marketing image you put my black face all over xyz orchestra marketing shouldn't i you know maybe get some wages for that um these are things that people talk about now it's not it hasn't i don't know of an orchestra that um it's been brought up in in bargaining i don't know if the union is aware i have no idea but i know from and maybe you know this from black colleagues this is something that people talk about you know marketing dollars i i don't know because like as a fellow like we was just we was just that's a great example Everywhere. Fellas talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. College students talk about it all the time. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on conservatory, blah, 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 blah. But like, I'm drowning in student loans, but I'm on all the marketing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even sure my school is an advocate or is, you know, treating us well. They had me on that spread. And now I think about it. They told me I could pick, I could pick two pictures. They wouldn't even let me have all the pictures they took. They were like, you can pick two. <laughs> That's crazy. Wait. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I understand, like, but y'all hired the photographer. Like, you already paid. The, like, you can't pay a little for me to have some headshots. That's crazy. Right. That is that magazine? It was a magazine, right? Yeah, it was the like, you know, the book that they print every couple years. So you they're still using you. I don't know if they've had a new one or not since then. And I, what what sucks about that is it, it's like it's it's a huge opportunity, of course, but it's like it's framed as like you should it's like you should be grateful, you know, for this thing. Yeah, that's how I asked. Actually, my mom, because you know how the the little videos that they play before you get on the plane, and it's like a flight attendant and they're doing stuff, and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a fun video. I asked my mom, do they get paid for that? She's like, no. People like they want to, you know, they just like to have that. Like, oh, I'm on the thing, the video before, but it's just like you memorizing lines. You should pay for that. Maybe, maybe I'm I don't I'm okay. <laughs> like, I've never been used for marketing. You know, Eastman has those like on the on the mezzanine wherever, like when they have all those like weird sculptures. There's like these like like pillars of students. Oh no, never mind. I'm lying. It's in that round thing. You know, talking about like the round thing outside of I forgot everything dang. about Eastman. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> nothing. Dang. Surprised you remember the name. <laughs> What's the name of the whole Kodak? Okay. Okay. Cool. You know how when you cross the street. Oh, the, the like little rotunda see, thing. It's round. Rotunda. Okay. Mm-hmm. The little rotunda. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about because of gateways. The little rotunda thing. Okay. They have <laughs> students like in the on on um like big old posters. They do? It's either there or in the mezzanine. And I saw one. I'm like, I want me one. 
one but then it's like so i'm just up at eastman like i'm smiling and i owe all this money to go here like i'm good y'all keep me out <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. About? yeah like my friend danny's on one like they just like have them mm-hmm. like as models mm-hmm. just outside yeah, yeah. Also on the, the website on the student uh, activities re- website i don't know if i'm still up there but oh. yeah, and I was on the University of Rock. See, they they was no, working me. Me personally, the U of R uh, Instagram, which somebody DM'd that to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was in my invoice. I I found a picture of a famous uh, uh, quartet who um, was on, kind of put on a website as students, even though they were like the visiting quartet. And I was like, hmm, hmm, this is weird. <laughs> And I totally emailed somebody. I was like, you check out this page. Because they're for yeah. straws. <laughs> they made, like, we have a diverse student body. Like these people no, are in residence. What are you doing? That's Yikes. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you embarrassed. I don't know. Clearly not. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they're not. <laughs> All right. Once they get some AI, they're gonna take a group picture of the Black Students Union and just shuffle. Put it on shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> faces with bodies and all that type of stuff. They got black students for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? With AI too, you gonna they they don't even gonna need black students no more. They gonna just make them. They gonna have seven fingers and an extra arm, but they gonna be up there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hilarious. So, uh, one last thing. You know, we we'll let you go. You know, save the world and stuff. But, um. <laughs> One thing I noticed, and maybe I'm I'm incorrect, but like the union is like overarching, but there are like chapters where it seems like like SAC after it has like East and West, but like they on the same ter- they on the same team. So it's like mm-hmm. they're not filming Abbott, but they're also not filming SNL, which tapes at Rockefeller Center. So mm-hmm. um I want to like explore some of the things that actors were calling for if there was like an AFM like nationwide thing like one of the things I felt bad for being like y'all don't even know the half of it because like one of the actors was complaining about how auditions work like how mm-hmm. if you wanted to like sorry I'm starting to get upset if you wanted to I'm always like, upset about auditions and tenure so that's fine <laughs> I understand especially it's I was complaining it. too like it just it just like it so sends like electricity to my body like I love complaining and it makes me upset like let's go so the, the actor was like, oh my God, like we have to do, th- when we do a self tape, like the better your tape looks, like the more like chance you get, get called. And I'm like, okay, I'm following, relatable, the better your tape sounds, okay. Then they were like, we gotta rent a studio and be like $60 an hour and you gotta use like two hours. I'm like, babe, the last audition I took cost me like $1,100. Please mm-hmm. find someone else to complain about. But I was like, imagine if like, what if we had like, um, what's it called it? profession-wide audition reform is that possible what would that look like what if like they never they no longer did in-person auditions like what if you did your tape you sent your tape in and then if you were a finalist like maybe you have to figure out how to get to the city or maybe they do you a zoom or maybe they come to you i don't know like Mm -hmm. what if it was what if it was like that like as a person Uh who 
has managed auditions, taken auditions, won auditions, period. Like, would you see that being a possibility? Because I just feel like the audition thing, like, I understand it's just like, that's just how it is. But we can only, that's just how it is for so long. Like, every time I'd be like, not me paying for this plane ticket to come right back home. You know what I mean? Like, and to the mm-hmm. point that, like, I had a friend take, National Field did a flute audition mm-hmm. and he took it and he just turned right back around. He didn't even wait to see if he advanced because he knew he wasn't. And I'm like, mm-hmm. see, sometimes I'll be wanting to do that, but I'm like, this is for my own pride. I know I'm just going to be sitting in this hotel room next tomorrow. Like, I must stay just in case, like, you know, I eat. You know, like, mm-hmm. I just could not imagine being that defeated because that's what it is. It's defeat. You're like, I don't know I'm not going to advance, but I'm going to go play the first round. Do you see that being a, a possibility? Yes. Um, can I just preface this by saying, though, I used to work auditions a lot um, on stage and off. Um, and brass players would do that. They walk in, warm up, and they'd be like, "This is a bad day for me," and walk out. That was like, it would happen. Yeah, like they would just they play would... like a scale. Like they wouldn't even play what's on the paper. No, they would. No, well, they would go downstairs to the warm up room. They would go downstairs to warm up, warm up, and they could just feel. Yeah, I can tell you a couple auditions where that happened. Several players just knew it was a bad day, and they just walked. You know, and this is in Oregon, and you're like, you flew across the country probably for that. that was like my most expensive one but <laughs> I I'm gonna play I'm so sorry like you gonna hear me too 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 like are you crazy I'm sorry especially in the screen I'll tell you about that and I'll tell you about that one audition I took with no screen I still played I had the wrong excerpt I'm like you gonna hear me <laughs> you gonna hear me like I, that was so embarrassing because the music director was looking at me like so was it yesterday you started viola or was it like the day before that like and i was like you gonna hear this you gonna hear this walton in the key of a flat okay and you gonna hear you gonna hear the rest of the stuff and you gonna smile yeah you gonna play i just came all the way to syracuse no you gonna hear me I, life, I would have appreciated that on the committee i i always enjoy listening to everyone i'm one of those people who loves listening to everyone so um i, feel like I also minority yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know. I think it's also with like this I... one lady. She was like, "Make sure your stomach is like in temple because, woof." And I was like, "Nah, woof." What you? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, not everyone's like that. Some people are haters, but um, okay. So <laughs> let me get back to what I was supposed to say. I had to take that side note. Wait, you asked <laughs> me about the future of auditions and recording. So there are orchestras that do that. In fact, I think um, Milwaukee is one of those orchestras right, hold that. On, I'm right down. I'm right down. I'm right. I'd rather go in person. I don't play well on recordings. I, that's going to be my crunchiest worst day every day. I'd rather go in person. Oh, beautiful. So, okay. You do. So, um, but Milwaukee, um, yeah, Milwaukee's doing that. A lot of recorded auditions. There were people who had auditions in during the pandemic. Um, I know that some of the bands, uh, army bands, Navy band, those kind of um, orchestras have been doing it um, and have good policies on it, you know, for the reasons you're talking about, like people can't afford to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I know that there are definitely other orchestras. And by the way, can I say as an industry? Yes. Do we need to move towards this? I think so, for sure. Um, could it happen? Yes. Musicians have to get over their idea of what my teacher did, my See. teacher said, 
and you blah, lost, blah, the, you blah. lost the whole crowd. You lost the whole crowd. Do you know right what there. I'm talking about though? You know, yes, like, they it's, love it's my just, teacher did it this way. You my know? teacher did it this way is, is like the worst thing in our industry. I feel like, like I get it, but your teacher probably was in the orchestra for 40 years. Like mine was love my teacher. I'm going to see him tomorrow. Um, but 40 years and like, you know, had a private audition that's the kind of stuff that used to go on 40 to 50, 60 years ago, you know? So why can't we reevaluate how we do things in orchestras? I believe that in every aspect. I believe that in bargaining too. I, you know, like the workplace work conditions we talk about, why does, why don't we talk about wellness more? Why don't we talk about daycare? Like, you know, things that are really bankrupting people, childcare, staff mm-hmm. and musicians, like, Let's bargain for that. You know, like there's all kinds of things. I would make the personnel manager watch, watch the kids. So, (laughs) right, manage the personnel. Right, maybe not. And the the fellows, a licensed (laughs) professional. Um, They go have the fellows um, (laughs) in the back changing diapers. (laughs) But God no, but recording. It's not right, Katie. Uh, but recordings uh, can happen um, for sure. There are orchestras that do it. And by the way, I was going to say, there are some orchestras that historically, for certain instruments, especially like flutes and some of these other instruments, um, have had first rounds that have been recorded for 30 years, you know, 20 years. I mean, we were doing that mini disc, like, you know, record. And look at your eyes, the Sorry. generation difference. <laughs> Both of you just like, I was God. like, what's a mini disc? I don't know what a that mini is. mini disc. Like a floppy disc? I, no. It's like a little small mini disc. Oh, oh those God. are the baby looking CDs. Yeah, the baby looking CDs. Like a Tamagotchi? Yeah. I've seen. No, it looks like a oh CD, but it's, and it's but it's little. You never seen one of those? Little. I'm about to yeah. look. I've seen one of those. <laughs> oh my God, I'm having one of these moments. You know you're in for, your 40s if. Um, yeah, but that's what we used to use. Um, but yeah, you had to record it and certain instruments especially. They always did a pre-screening round. That's what they called it. There's no hmm. difference. It's just a label difference. And it's people's mindsets. Now they think, some people, some musicians think, oh, I can't hear the pure sound or blah, blah, blah. I need to see people. No. You know if it's going to be behind a screen. Like. Exactly. If it's going to be behind a screen and you're going to ask me to play Don Juan, Mozart 35, Mendelssohn Scarso, and a couple, two others, like, just let me record it and I'll see you in the semifinal. <laughs> you know, that's about it. Or not. <laughs> I feel like orchestras abroad do that, right. but they'd be desperate. They'd be like, please come play in, South- in rural China. You can send a tape. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think also it's a way, though, to to include more people. It's not yeah. just desperation. It's to include more people. And isn't that what we want to do anyways? So That's the thing. Like You're blocking out a lot of talent. And not even just because it's like, oh the people who don't have anything it's like i might not have anything this month and i can't Mm -hmm. take your audition you know right or even just the fact that there's an idea in the industry that i think that i've seen where people feel like you know because of resume and networking and schools and all these things oh i know kind of that style that player is going to blah 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 but there are so many people out there classical music the world is you know very large actually I, th- I think people think it's small but there are a lot of instruments instrumental musicians out there and you don't know the level and you don't know where they come from mm-hmm. so you have to answer. i always tell this story in oregon um 
we always give, and this is very normal for orchestras to give trials to concert musicians, right? Or principal players. We're inviting this guest this weekend. We're inviting this guest this weekend um, or this week. I was always a big fan of, um, I, I don't mind the trials and inviting, but we always have to have the audition and we always need to invite that person for the trial. A lot of times, um, in contracts, you'll see things like concertmaster has a special audition um, plan. Let's just say you can make it up <laughs> with the committee. I should say committee can decide how they want to hear people and invite people. Um, in Oregon, we have that kind of language, but also we we have an option for having a concertmaster audition as well. I was one of those people who was always like, let's have the audition. You never know who's out there. Every single audition we had, it was the the winner was the person who came from the audition and not the invited person candidate. Hmm. And it's not because the invited candidates weren't great. It's just we just didn't know who was out there all the time. You yeah. just never know who's interested in the job. And that's why it needs to be, you know, auditions need to be open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think how many orchestras will even do an open audition except for port like CSO I'm does it sure. any old body. But yeah, but they sounds... do them for two to three seconds. I mean, literally, does, does that mean anything? Like, no, that's the I, thing. I... But then, like, the, the option is what you judge people on their resume. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the right way to do it. I have ideas, <laughs> um, but I will say that when I was in Oregon, which is an orchestra I, I dearly love, um, we used to have open auditions for many, many years, and that it seem to get less and less so I hope I don't know if they're going they've gone back I haven't paid attention three or four years but I don't like to see I like to make time so if you need four days of auditions then you have four days of auditions you know mm -hmm. you need to put aside four days and have your music director make it a priority as well and that's not directed at any sort of personal orchestra it's just my mm -hmm. thought about the industry because often it's scheduling things with a conductor or you don't have the, enough time at the hall or you don't own a hall. I mean, there's a lot of factors <clears throat> that go into it. Um, so, but there's a will is a way. Schedule, but, but there is always a way. Because I've been in the cafeteria before, like yeah. know, high school cafeteria. Like, you could figure and it people, out. And that's the thing about our industry. That's why I love having these conversations because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it's not in the concert hall or whatever. I have to hear it's not in the concert hall. No, you have, this is why we have trials and this is why we have tenure process. Like, I've taken auditions for orchestras with large budgets in like a classroom in an elementary school. And I've taken, you know, auditions on a concert hall stage. It is what it is. Like, you know. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's, it's like, okay, for a section, for a section position doesn't make sense because is it going to be just me on the, on the villa part? Right. So that's, that doesn't make sense. See, and then for like a principal fl uh, flautist, for example, you still have to, you're still a member of the woodwind section. So either way, like, I'm need to hear you first. Like, we really could do it outside of the park. <laughs> like, let me just hear you play. I've played in all kinds of venues as a member of an orchestra. And I'm sure you have, right? So does it really, yes, the concert hall is important. So is the elementary school. So is the park. Okay, all of our, those venues are important. What's that? <laughs> if you brought me to a park, <laughs> I'll be like, you know what? An outdoor audition. <laughs> oh my god! 
Well, you know, fly over that, I was about to say that could work in your Ameri- favor. <laughs> <laughs> An American Idol style voting system. <laughs> like, have have everybody out there in the park vote. Listen, the girl walking her dog, like maybe, hold on, let me write a letter. <laughs> right, no, because you could do it right by, right by the airport. They can't barely hear you. Then you <laughs> right. don't sound like, like I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> they gonna be thinking you Kim Kardashian, period. Right. And when I get to the first rehearsal, don't when I get to the first rehearsal, I'm I'm on rest. I can't I can't do what I did at the audition because it's like like my fingers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got no health insurance, so you know I gotta be. I can't play like how I was playing, but just take my word for it. Oh my goodness! Exactly. Oh my gosh! Can that airplane come over at the top of uh, Mozart Thirty Five Fourth Movement? That's the perfect time. Listen. Right at the beginning, though, then you could keep flying. Right at the beginning, <laughs> after that, go away. But those first two bars. Oh my god, um, that's that's all I have. This is real cute, um, and real fun. Thanks for joining us on our program. Yeah, super fun, super fun. You want people to follow you? What you mean on Instagram? Now I don't or know Twitter, how. Listen, Twitter or whatever we're calling it now. It's Twitter because don't don't piss me off. Um, first I'm of all, it still, it still says tweets like some like I saw it on Google the other day. I'm like, this is just don't like, don't piss me off. Like <laughs> this is so like hodgepodgey. Like you could have just left it how it was. Um, Elon doesn't exist in my life, kind of like Donald Trump. Like I had to, yeah, you know. I forgot about Donald Trump, so he got a Rico. I said, okay. That's crazy. A Rico charge? That's crazy. I mean. But. We can't talk about this. It'll get get my blood pressure up. And I'm over 40. You got to keep me alive. So. All right, Jen. (laughs) Don't don't let me have our Let's pack it up. (laughs) That's how Katie is about being 30. So. (laughs) Oh, my God. But Jen, I told. I, first of all, the I amount know. of ailments I've had since turning 30. Ailments, Katie? It's no coincidence, I'm telling you. Like, what my back... About? my Okay, my back was hurting randomly one day. When did my back have ever hurt? That was crazy. I bent over. I, <laughs> said, I said, what That was that? 30? Are you kidding? It was post 30. It was post 30. Then what happened to... Like, uh, stuff be happening. Like, I, I swear it's not my imagination. Like, yeah, some one thing that I won't say on this podcast because it's but whatever, it's like your thing gets more intense. You know what I'm talking about? That thing, like the thing that comes all the time, more intense. I thought I was going to die the last time. No, I don't think you understand. And 30 has had a rock. You know them, you know them flights you get on where it's like where the plane take off and be like, oh, how is this gonna go? Like that's how 30 has been. It's only been two weeks. Get out of the house. Go to the club. <laughs> your back. Straighten out your back. <laughs> that's like, no, but Katie's the type, like somebody sneeze around her. And move on. Her throat starts itching. So that's how you feel. I feel like that's what you're feeling about 30. You just feel, you just hear 30 and you're like, oh my God. And it's like, you're fine. Oh, she's been like this for two years though. About yeah. 30. That's true. That's she, she's always, she's been pushing 30 and it's like, okay, can you wait till you get 30? And now she's 30 <laughs> and insufferable about it. So <laughs> a long life to live. These 30s can't like, be that painful. I just feel like 
the history of how black women are treated in the medical system i feel like my <laughs> you don't try to bring that up <laughs> i'll skip this all of a sudden history of the medical <laughs> i just feel like my thing serious. i just feel like my thing should be taken seriously like nah i was fine july 28th i was fine july 29th i was fine my birthday july 27th the 28th good 29th good all of a sudden the 30th my back hurting that's they're not even connected. Dang, and on the thirties too. Dang, they mocking you. Thirty. Oh, you started feeling thirty on thirty. <laughs> Listen, I have looked forward to my thirties for a long time because I heard it evens out. 30s. You said what? You need to look forward to your thirties. I heard it's it. A good everything, decade. Yeah, everything evens out so far. What do you mean evens out? What does that mean? Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the 30s are like the time where stuff starts to click. You're more stable. It's less okay. chaos. And I like okay. a little razzle-dazzle, but like the 20s, the late <laughs> 20s were crazy. My late 20s were a roller coaster. So I just kind of wanted to be like, you know, even out. You want a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what it I It can heard. be. Now, the first two be. weeks, I, I can't say much, but I will check back in with you at 31. <laughs> it's it it's, it's giving 29. The first couple of weeks is still... <gasps> but I'm just saying, like, I just feel like I'd be having... I mean, humans. your 30s could be crazy, too, if you want them to. I, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very pro-crazy, so... I got to tell you, I'm not about You'll be so proud of me. I never told you about that. You will be so proud of me, Jan. Oh, my God. I got the club. I'm so happy for you. You see, I'm telling you, my 30s are going to be wide. I'm excited. I mean, I'm about to go lay down, but <laughs> <laughs> it's nighttime. <laughs> you will be so proud of me. I've been scheduling stuff at, on the weekends because normally I like to be in the bed. Ask Delaney. We got be having meetings on Saturday. I went to a cafe on a Saturday. Like, you know, I'll be so happy. Delaney, are you, are you going to the club? Are you out in the street? <laughs> Not at all. Still- <laughs> in the house i know you i know katie is like how many consecutive days have you been in the house i was like well not enough (laughs) (laughs) i have a doctor's appointment tomorrow i'm just like uh an outing (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting that i mean this is way it's way far from the topic of this but that hasn't stopped us before so let's just keep going but i i feel like a young millennial and Gen Z, like, there's, like, a been a loneliness epidemic, particularly with, like, younger people. And I wonder what that's about. Like, I'm not saying that younger people don't go to the club. I'm not saying none of that. But I would like to see the data on that because it's, like, like younger people be in the house more. Like, I think. Yeah. And, but I never paid attention pre-pandemic, so I don't know. Because I think I was outside moderately before the pandemic. So I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard to go through something for two and a half years and just, like, turn it back on. Like, I have to, like warm myself back up you know but mm-hmm. like i wonder pre-pandemic like what's that about like like younger people are lonelier and they're more isolated mm-hmm. like something about fun. internet yeah not having human interaction that's like how like we have an, ad- an aversion to like talking on the phone it's like too direct i've also heard the same thing about eye contact a lot of younger people have trouble making eye contact they think it's uncomfortable like just and not just like intense like just regular 
regular eye contact <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like it's just a like i feel like it's just a lack of like human connection and then it was just mm-hmm. exacerbated by the pandemic and it's just whew. we were talking about recently how the nod has gone away how i get mm-hmm. i get really upset personally if if like i pass a black person and we don't do the nod but i wonder if, if it's the same thing like the contact you know like because there are definitely the people going away? i've heard people in say some that places, about younger mm-hmm they don't yeah some young people don't do the nod That's and i find crazy. that very strange although i will say a funny story happened to me the other day i was in wyoming and there are not many black people in wyoming and i was with um kazim abdullah i don't know if you know kazim conductor but he uh we were walking on the street and this this young black uh gentleman escaped running past us and he literally stopped and goes oh my god black people high five <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he I was starving. Like, <laughs> <laughs> true story. It was amazing. I feel like that's how it should be. Like, cause I feel like Memphis has spoiled me, and that like I'm used. That's what I like about it a lot. Like, there's black people every. There's nowhere you will go. Like, they at Whole Foods, like the cafes. Every there's not one place I've been where there has not been another black person. When I went to Portland, yeah, I was like, oh. And then I saw a black person that was like, oh my God, finally. And they like were weird. I said, oh my God. Like, y'all took this weird state, is a thing. But there's a line. And I've seen, I saw it cross many times. Like, not too much. There's a couple of times I was, I was driving around like, not too much. And like, that was like crazy. I wonder what that's about. Especially, I thought I, we left that behavior. Like, when I was, when I was in high school, like, some people, some black people are embarrassed to be talking to the only other black person in the room yeah but i thought that was like outdated i thought we have grown past respectability you know but yeah. apparently not it's yeah sad. i mean like, yeah oregon's a, a special place like that i lived there 14 years and i always tell people all of my black friends left i feel like any feel it's the true but i don't know how you can make it long term like yeah. i think the demographics are also different though the last few times I've been there, I'm like, it's different. I mean, I used to go days, especially I lived downtown, go days without seeing black people in Portland. But now it's not like that. Apparently, because I told you that influencer moved to Portland like two years ago and she was talking about oh, a, yeah. concert, a concert. You were like, I see how long she lasts. I'm telling you, Jen, like she, I don't know what Fran did, but she went, she'd be going to the Nigerian restaurant. She said that there was a, she went to some type of concert that she was worried about attendance because it was, such a like a I forgot the name of the artist but it was like a I don't know the the levels but it wasn't like Drake Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it was a smaller venue and there was she was like there's black people everywhere and she was there's some neighborhood in Portland where all like the black people are Alberta there's Alberta yeah there's also um Gresham she be lit I was like now what part of maybe I went to Portland Maine on accident because I don't know you did (laughs) no (laughs) well you also did go to Eugene yeah, so, yeah. there's also that there yeah i forgot that part so, yeah mm-hmm. but it's changed i think it's changed i think demographics have definitely changed the last two times i've been there i've been like this is different mm-hmm. so, yeah mm-hmm. anyway thanks for talking with us Jen. thanks for having me i was so nervous nervous i really was really yeah, my, not so much about you. I wanted Delaney to ask me some hard questions. She makes yeah. <laughs> she, so, she, she, she makes me laugh so much. So I was I was a little stressed. 
that's so fun it was confusing because yeah. like delaney produced the episode last week and i, yeah. I did this one so it's kind of it was a little yeah no it's great so delaney be she very pensive yeah. and thorough I know. I was I like, know. let's talk about acting people, you know. So, okay. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and so he's like, in 1942. <laughs> <laughs> like, Did that really happen? <laughs> That's what I was worried about. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Jen. Yeah. So much joy into my life. You have no idea. Oh, so. thank you. Y'all hear that? Join our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, for sure. I will. I, I mean, that wasn't no way, wait. That wasn't for you. <laughs> that wasn't for you. That was for no, you. It's good, no, it's a good reminder. Thank no, you. Jen, I appreciate see, that. See, look, now I feel bad. Listen, <laughs> that was for them. And my parents who are going to listen, and all my friends who better listen, who should listen. Join their pets, so, Patreon. The beginning might be a little dicey. I don't remember what we said, but it's probably. I was about to say we can we can we can we'll give you, we'll give you a time out. stamp. <laughs> we'll give you a time stamp. <laughs> Feel you free to me. edit as you see fit. I'm I'm gonna give you a time stamp, and you just send them there because <laughs> the outer parts might be a little. <gasps> so. Oh no, no, yeah, you gotta okay. listen to the whole episode. All right, proceed yeah. with caution. The flow is important. <laughs> Low is important. Choppy waters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to. Well, listen. you've been warned, so. <laughs> okay, well, we're moving on. All right, y'all, it's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. And you know what's crazy? I had it pulled up, and now I don't. <clears throat> Might have to return to Google. That's crazy. Oh no, wrong app. Oh, what? <gasps> this is so chaotic. This is so chaotic. Okay, this week I'm talking about mezzo soprano Zoe Reams. Um, she is lauded by Opera News. Oh, look at that for her velvety mezzo and phrase elegance. Um, and I met Zoe when she played. Oh my God, what's Vanessa's niece's name? Oh, here we go. Erica. Um, in Vanessa this summer at Spoleto. You know how the opera girlies be having like every single thing they've done since, mm-hmm. you know, I can read music. I'm not going to do that, but I'll tell you what she's doing right now. She's returning to the Minnesota Opera this season um, in a double bill as Dinah in Trouble in Tahiti and Autumn in Service Provider by Christopher Weiss. Um, I told you she just did Vanessa this past summer and she will be singing um, the mezzo solo in The Messiah with the Kansas City Symphony conducted by uh, I'm not going to say his name actually but um, she's that girl she sang with the Lyric Opera, she sang with Washington National Cathedral, Austin Opera, Metropolitan Opera Minnesota Opera, Cincinnati Opera da 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 um, so I will link her bio and you can read that, you know, um, be gagged. I, I heard somebody said like sometimes like some like she was talking about how like when she travels as a solo black woman, she likes to wear like colorful wigs. She likes them anyway, but like she she makes this point to like stand out 
because she was like one if anything happens to you you'll be remembered like someone will remember like your outfit or like they'll remember the black girl in the colorful wig and she's like two somebody sometimes people have never been gagged before so and i was like yeah we heard thing and be gagged some of y'all never been gagged before period um my piece of the week i can't even do my because i just i'm still listening to my last piece of the week um but i did listen to beethoven one the other day so that's gonna be my piece of the week hey deep cut deep cut Beethoven one was the first symphony I ever played. That's so. that's the first symphony I ever played. See in full, first symphony in full. Mm-hmm. I don't. Also, I think it was year. the first like non, like arranged. Like it was that summer yeah. when I went to camp and was not playing arrangements and learned what arrangements were. <laughs> so I. I forgot the repertoire from my first year of college. The first symphony I remember playing in full was Brahms one, but um, there was at least one or two before that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Join the Ebony Tower down to the Patreon. Get witty. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Classically Black Podcast. If you're Black, join ISBM. That's IS Black Musicians on social media com. thank you for listening and we will oh, follow us on social media classic black podcast yep thank you for listening we'll catch y'all next week bye y'all bye